Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, today's session is being interpreted into Spanish. Sam and Alejandra, would you please introduce yourselves and let our viewers know how to enable translation on their devices? Yes, certainly. Thank you for having us. Hello, everyone. My name is Sam Guzman with the CLC. And along with my colleague Alejandro, we will be interpreting today's meeting into Spanish. I will now give the instructions in Spanish. Buenas tardes a todos. Mi nombre es Samuel Guzmán con la CLC. Y juntamente con mi colega Alejandro estaremos interpretando la reunión de hoy al español. Si desea escuchar esta reunión en español, por favor, vaya al icono de globo en su pantalla que dice interpretación y de ahí seleccione uh, la opción de escuchar en español. Muchas gracias and thank you very much. Thank you so much, Sam. Welcome to the general public comment session of January 16th. Before reconvening our regular meeting, council provides a half hour general public comment session to hear from the public on city matters, except for one that's um, scheduled for a legally required public hearing. To maximize time for resident comment, council will not offer comments or responses from the dais. Council or staff may contact speakers following their comment if they raise matters that lend themselves to follow up. For those participating in person when called upon, please come to the podium. On the monitor on the wall, you'll see your time counting down. For those participating virtually when called upon, please wait until our host promotes you to speaker. When you are promoted, uh, please accept the promotion. Turn on your camera if you have one in your microphone. All speakers should begin their remarks by telling council your name and you will have three minutes to speak. Please refrain from profane or obscene speech. Direct your comments to council as a whole and refrain from individual or personal attacks, including disparaging other speakers' motives. We will begin um, on Zoom with Kayla, excuse me, Kayla Greathouse. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay, all right. Thank you for having me, Council. Um, two things I just wanted to touch on. The first thing is, you know, last year, especially around the wintertime, we were definitely um, the city of Denver, you know, there was a lot of evictions, record number evictions. Something that I feel like the city is not prepared for is we have a number of corporate landlords in our in our in our state, in particular in the city of Denver. So with them being able to raise the rent, you know, when as people's leases come up, you know, it's time for you to renew your rent. It's people like myself, people in my neighborhood, you know, our rent is going to shoot up to $3,000 a month because we have corporate landlords and that's how much they're charging. They're literally overcharging us. You have people that are not working because they've got laid off or you have people who are working, but the wages does not match what the rent is going to be. So what it, we need a plan for that. You know, there needs to be a plan for that. Also, the other thing is, you know, the, the immigration situation where we have people coming into our state, you know, that are, are fleeing where they're from for different reasons. And some, some things are not, um, we'll say some things are not, not, not equitable. In the case as, you know, yes, they need a place to stay, but we have people who have been on the section eight list for 10 plus years or more who can't get housing, but yet, you know, housing is being provided to people who just got here. You know, those are things that we definitely need to check as a city because you have to do right by home first before you can take care of anybody else. 
you know, so we have evictions that are going to be coming up that need to be looked at. You know, we need to, there's definitely needs to be some type of rent control or some type of, you know, rent, rent reduction in place for people because nobody wants to be unhoused. Nobody wants to be evicted. So I just want the um, city council to take that into consideration, please. Thank you for letting me speak. Thank you very much. Our next speaker also on Zoom is Heidi Lethwood. Hello, council members. Thank you very much for the opportunity to speak today. I'm Heidi Lethwood. I live in Denver District 4 and I'm climate policy analyst with 350 Colorado. We are a grassroots organization with a mission to fight the root causes of the climate crisis. We have 20,000 members statewide with 6,000 members in Denver. I'm here on behalf of myself and my family, the 350 Denver team and 350 Colorado to talk about building codes for the clean energy transition. As a Denverite, I'm proud of Denver's climate action. This has been made possible by your leadership and I'm really grateful. I also appreciate your continued commitment to work on this issue and your commitment to healthy, clean air, both indoor and outdoor. We're seeing increasing effects of the climate crisis, both in Colorado and around the globe. Colorado is already behind its emissions reduction targets and we need to do more. 2020 greenhouse gas emissions data shows residential buildings emit almost twice as much greenhouse gases as commercial buildings. I'm urging you to take further steps to help transition home energy use away from natural gas. For now, I'm asking you to update the building codes to require new residential buildings to be all electric. Electric readiness is just not enough. We need to stop building the new fossil fuel infrastructure, including gas hookups, in line with the, with the science. It's not more expensive to build all electric homes. In fact, it's almost $1,000 cheaper, even without all the new incentives for builders provided by the IRA. All electric homes have utility bills that are almost $300 less per year. All electric homes are also healthier. Kids in homes with gas, gas stoves are 42% more likely to develop asthma. New clean energy homes in Denver emit 42% less climate pollution over 15 years. Now is the time to do this. It's much cheaper to build electric than retrofit later. The entire state of Washington and more than 90 cities have already passed building codes requiring new homes to be all electric. These cities include Crested Butte, Colorado, Lafayette, Colorado, Washington, DC, New York City, Ithaca, New York, Boston, Massachusetts, and nine other Massachusetts cities, Burlington, Vermont, Montgomery County, Maryland, and more than 70 cities in California, including Los Angeles. Let's be one of the first 100 cities to do this. Thanks for your time and thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Um, our next uh, person signed up is Emilio Tipismano. Not in chambers, anybody online? Our next speaker is on Zoom, Cesar Pulido. Give me one second, all right? Hello, how y'all doing, City Council? 
first and foremost, I want to apologize about last week. I had some stuff going on, and like I want to explain about what's going on. My brother is a mental patient. He's been an alcoholic for a long time, and just today he he still can't breathe on his own. He's been in the hospital for the last three days, and I want y'all to know that's the base of what I do now and out here in the city is based on the mental health. I don't just show up and do haircuts. I show up and speak and talk to the people about what they need and what's going on. I've been showing up to the migrant encampments, the hotel rooms where everybody's being housed. And besides being a drug addiction and everything, I know I love for everybody y'all doing and housing and everything, but I think it's time to take it a step further and realize the real problem with all these people is the mental health and addiction. I've been going to these hotels probably for the last three months, and I see some people that are not on drugs, but they're really schizophrenic. They're bad on mental health. And I want to be knowing that help, that that's what they need help with. And if you guys could help me and get involved with me and help me get in all the districts, I thank you. And shout out to um, Sarah Parody and Chantel. Um, the, they brought a bill apart and showed you all the results from the cold weather about the sweeps and everything. I know they were in the set and they ran through Be Connected, but I was the one with my crew walking around out there in the streets, cutting hair and I, taking all these surveys. And thank God they worked and it was for something. They changed the log for the be sheltered from 20 degrees to 30 degrees. And I want to continue to do all that stuff and talk to the people because people ain't going to talk to the city council about the real problems and everything. And I feel that all these people out here confide in me. I can show you the numbers and text messages from all the people, the migrants, Man, everybody comes to me for help. There's barbers that are coming from Venezuela. They know how to cut hair. And, you know, I be out in front of the city council every Monday. And they come up to me. And sure enough, I let them cut. And now I think I helped three, four of them. One a woman and three other guys. And I've been helping everybody as they can. And they're in a barbershop right now working properly good. Man, I, like, I would just want to help and help y'all, help me, man, get into all these districts and help everybody as much as I can. And we are, the I am the founder of the Get Back, and we're an organization that provides humanitarian resources to all who need. It's just not haircuts. So I don't ever just show up with just haircuts. I show up with clothing, hygiene, anything we can help them out with, and anything. I just want to be connected to more of y'all that run y'all districts and be able to work in y'all districts, be wherever y'all need me and to help out and to get information and help as they need. But the biggest thing is the mental health problem and addiction that I feel that y'all should be helping them out with. They're not going to be ever get nowhere where you guys are throwing them a crutch and all that other stuff. They're going to keep wanting to get high. They don't care about nothing when they're just getting high. I just feel that when you really need to address that mental health and addiction problem. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our next speaker <clears throat> sign up in chambers is John Hayden. Is John online? Nope. Okay. Our next speaker is Lily Lenning. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, good afternoon, council members. My name is Lily Lenning and I'm here today to show my support for resolution 1960, ending freezing sweeps. Um, I understand that the final vote is postponed, but I don't know if I'll make it back. Um, I'm a resident of District 8, and I work for a nonprofit in District 5. And um, Councilwoman Lewis, I just want to say that I'm very proud to live in your district and start by thanking you and the other sponsors of this bill for, for bringing it forward. Um, so Councilwoman Parity, Torres, Councilman Cashman, thank all of you so much. 
A little bit of background about me and why this is important to me. During my childhood, I experienced homelessness and stayed in a domestic violence shelter with my mom and my sister a couple of times. And professionally, I've worked with the unhoused population in my adulthood for almost seven years. I've been watching this bill since it entered committee, and I support it just as firmly today as I did a month ago. Um, ending freezing sweeps is just common sense, point blank. I've heard committee members in opposition of this bill state that the ordinance might take away the ability of our city officials to do their jobs. I would argue that that's simply not the case. The only thing that this, uh, that this bill takes away from our city officials is the ability to traumatically displace community members in freezing temperatures. To my understanding, the bill does not prevent outreach workers from connecting individuals with shelter. It does not prevent law enforcement from enforcing the law. It does not stop DHS from checking on the welfare of a child. It does not stop public health officials from providing sanitation and uh, hygiene equipment to encampments. And it does not stop case managers from checking in with their clients. It just stops uh, officials from sweeping individuals in freezing temperatures. I've also heard um, some state that they trust the system. And so this ordinance is not necessary. Um, I think that Councilwoman Sandoval said it best last week, and I know she's tuning in from home, um, but she said that the system's broken and she doesn't trust it. Her and her family have been burned by the system, and that was validating for me. I agree 100%. Um, my family and I have been burned by the system as well, and oftentimes that was, um, they just made the situation worse when we were in a time of crisis. Um, we've all heard from our unhoused neighbors about how the system has repeatedly violated their rights um, and escalated their own crises. Um, quite frankly, I think that if you still trust the system to do right by the people without check, um, you're not paying attention. Lastly, I want to emphasize that there are very few people who would choose to sleep on the street in freezing temperatures if they had a safer option, a truly safer option. Um, a survey conducted by House Keys Action Network Denver in 2022 showed that 93 to 99% of unhoused people do want housing if it can actually meet their needs. Thank you very much. That's your time. Thank you. Our next speaker signed up is Ashley Garrett. Not in chambers. Anyone on Zoom? Okay. Our next speaker is Robert Bailey. Hello. Thank you for having me. First of all, Happy New Year my first chance to talk this year. And uh, once again, thank you, Denver City Council, for your commitment to democracy and listening to us. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. I would like to talk about three types of debt today. Government debt is very unlike debt for a home mortgage. Debt for a home mortgage makes sense if you can make it happen. Sure beats paying rent until the day you die. And as you get older, the rent just continues to increase just the free market doing what it does. A home mortgage will save you a lot of money in the long term because we all need a place to sleep at night. A business uses debt to make money. We make money by taking money. This is where the money comes from, by taking other people's money. The more we take, the more we make. With business debt, we are working to take more money in the near future, twice as much money and three times as much money in order to pay for this business debt. Our government should not be planning to take a lot more money in the near future. This makes no sense. However, because of debt, this is exactly what we are planning to do. 
regardless of whether or not you see this, regardless of whether or not you admit to this, because this is exactly how debt gets repaid. Our governments have been moving in the wrong direction for more than 40 years now pertaining to government as business plan. We need a government that is not in the business of business. We need a government that is not in the business of taking more money. Unless the purpose of government is to take as much money as possible like business, and that's the way business operates, then government debt is counterproductive. Business debt and government debt are two very different animals. It is imperative to see this difference. Two very different animals. One makes sense if the volume and the margin pan out. The other one does not make sense and defaults has nothing to do with it. Talk of default is a distraction from the real problem. The real problem is the cost of that debt today, tomorrow, and the day after tomorrow. Our people's money is being wasted on debt service. As you know, government is where we work for common good. A business plan will not get us there. The more money that we waste on debt service, the less money that we have for actual service. It is time to stop this corporate welfare insanity. Government debt is such a perfect example of corporate welfare. Debt always requires that we take more money, twice as much money, and three times as much money. Of course we need more money, but government debt is the opposite of more money. Thank you very much. Appreciate thank, it. Thank you. Uh, we'll go to Zoom for our next set of speakers. Um, we've got Keith Pryor in the queue next. Keith, if you would accept the promotion that our producer's sending you, we'll get you in queue. Um, in the meantime, we'll go to the next speaker, who is uh, Chris Nicholson. Hi there, Council, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak tonight. Um, we entered this week the second uh, week of our legislative session here in Colorado. Strictly speaking, it starts tomorrow because they had a snow day today. Um, and I wanted to come on and, and talk about um, the fact that, you know, there are a number of pieces of legislation that both matter to, I'm sure, council themselves, but also to the, the constituents of each of you um, in a way that you're empowered to advocate on behalf of, even if it's not spending, um, that that you'll be making yourselves. Um, to be specific here, um, you know, Denver uh, has benefited for the last year uh, from a program uh, uh, that was put forward by RTD that I think we're going to be talking about a little later tonight um, that made transit free for minors for, for 19 and under, um, which is a one-year pilot. Um, the legislature has the ability to reauthorize it. It has the ability to not reauthorize it. It has the ability to partially fund it um, or not. Um, and, you know, the, the citizens of this city who benefit from that on a daily basis, and there are thousands of them, um, need your voices to be raised in order to encourage the transportation committees in the House and the Senate um, to when they're discussing the the legislation that's that's going to address this, uh, to take funding it seriously. Um, you know, the the city council it has a great deal of power in um, making itself heard under the dome, and I just want to remind all of you how important um, that and and the other pieces of uh, provisions um, of the transportation bills that are going to come up this session are. 
um, as well as to, to recognize, and I'm sad I couldn't be there tonight, um, Kate Williams, uh, who was a major factor, um, one of the, the most important in, in making that happen. So please, you know, reach out, talk to your representatives, um, and make sure that they make uh, that provision a priority um, in the upcoming legislative session. Thanks. Thank you very much. Our next speaker on Zoom is Brandy Majors. <clears throat> Thank you, City Council. Um, those watching at home, <clears throat> it's been a few weeks since uh, I had a chance to um, speak to you guys. I have I have a lot to say. Um, I, I really find it uh, quite disrespectful to to the Americans here, to our residents, our Denverites. Um, when we come into when. I say we, meaning I'm going to speak for all Denverites that come uh, into the city council to speak, um, regardless of what they're protesting or what they're upset about. I find it a complete, a complete um, disturbance when you allow illegal immigrants to come in here and come into the council chambers and, and voice their opinions when you have actual residents, actual Denverites that are waiting online, that have signed up, weeks in advance, whatever, whatnot, to come in and speak to speak to you uh, who are in charge of, of, of very serious matters in our city. You know, uh, we heard we heard over the last few weeks about this major forces push to um, have them work in and and be able to work to provide for themselves. Uh, and I'm gonna offer some pushback, you know, just because you know, maybe nobody really actually speaks for the black Denverites that live here in the city that have been pushed out of the, onto the streets due to lack of space in our shelter system, okay? It's a, it's, it's, it's a tragedy. When you see people riding around on bikes filming our black Denverites that are still living in tents but can't get housed, okay? Um, I know that it's, 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 it's dysfunctional for, for you to hear about black Denverites, but I kind of keep saying it because, you know, when, when push comes to shove, the leapfrog is absolutely visual. It is, it's almost a disrespect when you see it and you, we can't even speak for them. We can't speak for anybody because we have our actual Denverites, black Denverites, our actual unhoused neighbors, they come in there and they really need help. We, we understand that everybody needs housing, but... We also understand that there are rules to actually coming into the United States. We could not go into other countries and do what has been happening here. And we could not expect for other countries to be forced by hand to allow us to work in their country. Okay? Now, this force is eminent. Um, you're, you're pushing out children for migrant children. You're pushing out Denverites for migrants. You're pushing out the city of Denver for migrants. Okay, now they're not all they're not all under parole. We know that. But when you got them when you got the migrants charging people at Home Depot to park their car, actual residents, it becomes a real situation. Please do something about this for Denver. Thank you. Thank you very much. And our final speaker on Zoom is Jesse Paris. Yes, good evening, members of council, those watching at home, those in the council chambers. My name is Jesse LaShawn Paris, and I'm representing for Black Star Action Movement for Self-Defense, Positive Action Commitment for Social Change, as well as the Unity Party of Colorado, 
the Northeast Residence Council of Shabaka's Black Experience Enhanced Frontline Black News, the Revolutionary Agenda, right at the Roach and Bedbug Infested, Mice Infested Fusion Studios. And Chantel, can you please get the water back on and the belted and water off on us? But yeah, it's good to finally talk to you, Council. It's been a while. Happy New Year to you. Today is my birthday. Happy birthday to me. I'm 37 today. Um, yes, and we are going to continue to give you the real frontline campaign, frontline Black News. So my question is with these migrants, you seem to prioritizing them over actual citizens. What is going on with that? And also what is going on with the fact that our unhoused neighbors, my term, I coined the term back in 2019, but um, we have to get our priorities straight as a city. And still wants to put do budget cuts to accommodate the migrants. You can't even accommodate the citizens. There's a disconnect. So we want an immediate end to the sanctuary city status of Denver um, in the next year, in this current year. And um, we're going to continue to demand something tangible. You're not going to continue to malign, neglect us, and disenfranchise us, and uh, ethnic cleanse us out of our communities and try to replace us with illegals that fled several countries to come here and they get to get the American dream while we receive continued nightmares. So, yes. Um, and also a uh, media recall of uh, uh, Mayor Mike Johnson. He broke all his promises and he was bought by Bloomberg money. So I'm calling for that as well. And please, somebody get this water back on at the Fusion. Shout out to Lady Che, telling y'all the truth as well. It is our third year anniversary. So yes, kudos to that. And yes, get your priorities straight, Denver. We can do better, remember? But you're gonna do better for the migrants, but not the actual citizens, people that were here before the scandemic, pandemic, and the migrants are suffering and having to be swept in order to get housed. So get it together, Denver, in the new year. Good Thank day. you very much. Thank you very much. Um, we were able to get Keith Pryor in. Thank you, Keith. Uh, we'll go right to you now. Yes, thank you so much, Council. Um, I am here tonight to speak against Council Bill 1960. This is in a direct uh, ban, uh, basically banning the camping ban, and goes in direct uh, violation of what 82% of Denver voters had voted for uh, in passing the camping ban and reaffirming their belief in the camping ban. As we saw last week, um, it was clear that this law is very unthought out. It's very unclear that it was very confusing. This law would basically not allow a single tent to be swept, not the large encampments as well, but also just a single individual tent to be swept for over one third of the year. Um, that is not what the voters of Denver had said that they were in support of, and it is not good policy. Um, we have warming shelters that are open, and I'm seeing that a lot of people are not going into them, even in the sub-zero degrees. I went and there was a person sleeping on the street, tried to get them into services, and they absolutely refused. 
So there's no enforcement mechanism, again, taking the enforcement away to actually get people help and into warming shelters because they refuse them. There's no funding mechanism for this. Obviously, the last speaker about how the migrant situation is causing an overall budget freeze and 10% reduction in all of our city budgets. Where are we going to fund even more shelters if we require them to be always open for over one third part of this year? This is just not well thought out government. It ties our hands and it really complicates an under the otherwise uncomplicated situation. We have the policies in place. We have the departments in place. They are the experts. They are the ones to decide if it is a health and safety hazard, not only for the encampment, but for the neighborhood in which the large encampment lives in. We've talked about rat infestations. We've talked about the disease that these bring with human feces. Please do not allow this complicated, very unclear law to get into become law because it is just not something that is necessary. It is something that goes against what the voters of Denver have continually voted on, and it just further complicates and costs the city of Denver more when it shouldn't. It also puts us at a legal Paris. If somebody says, oh, well, I didn't have two hours to resettle my camp, and therefore I'm going to sue the city, opening us to further liability that was not necessary for larger settlements that we don't have the money to pay for. Again, please vote no on 1960. It is ill-guided and not going to help the encampments, the neighbors, or the city. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that concludes our general public comment session. If we didn't get to anybody today,